0: Glad to see each and every one of you here today. If you're a guest with us, my name's Landon. I'm the primary teaching pastor here. I've been gone a few weeks, but it's good to be back. I've been gone Uh, three weeks ago tomorrow. My wife gave birth to our third child, so we've been kind of celebrating that. Yeah, I'm trying to get used to uh, another baby in the household. We had to switch from man to man to zone and uh, we just locked the kids down. That's what's crazy. We finally got, you know, I got the boys sometimes. She had the girl. We had locked them down. Then, bam, third human being in the household. to I have no idea how it happened. Well, I mean, I know how it happened. I, I, that part was kind of cool, but I, never mind. No, sorry, that's ridiculous. But last week then, I was gone in Omaha. I got to do a wedding. It was great. The ceremony was fantastic. The weather, not, not awesome, okay? I mean, it was cold and raining. Snowing. I've decided at that moment, if you are having a destination wedding or going to renew your vows or anything like that, you want this guy involved, Florida, Hawaii, California, okay, Midwest, not for me anymore, okay, so you got to figure that out. Uh, But just to catch us up, before I left, we started a brand new series in the book of Acts called The Movement. Basically, we're walking through that book of your Bible called Acts. And really, the entire premise of the series, the lenses with which we are reading this book of Acts, you might jot this down if you're taking notes, is that every movement starts with a moment. Every movement begins in a moment. My goal for you this series is not just that you'll read through the book of Acts together, although I hope you do. I think that would be beneficial. Ultimately, my challenge for each one of you is for you to look at your life and say, could this be my moment? I want you to ask that of yourself. Could this be the moment something in my life changes? Could this be the moment my marriage gets better? Could this be the moment that I get some financial freedom? Could this be the moment that I take some strides in life? I'm not scared anymore. I'm going to take that risk. Could this be the moment that you take that next step of faith? Could this be your moment? The first moment we looked at on Easter Sunday, really the moment, capital T-H-E, the moment that changed the world when the God of the universe stepped down into human history And became sin for us and died on a cross. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, took uh, our sin upon him. And the moment that he rose from the dead, it sparked a movement. In fact, the entire Christian faith hinges on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Hinges on that moment. The good news for all of us this morning is you too can be raised from the dead. Bible says that while we're still dead in our trespasses, Christ died for us. This could be the greatest moment in your life, the moment that you trust Jesus as your Savior, when the old has gone and the new has come. It's the most important moment in your life when you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's important for you to understand that moment because then Jesus says you should take your next step after that and be baptized. And so that was the second moment we looked at. In Acts chapter 2, Peter preaches a sermon. Over 3,000 men are saved and baptized. Pastor Joe from Aviator Church came down to help us clarify why we should be baptized. If you still have questions about baptism or, or maybe have some just today, you weren't part of that message, please find me at Connection Corner after service. I'd love to chat with you more about baptism And what that means. But finally, last week, one of the moments that we talked about is that uh, you have to share your story. I tasked Shelby with uh, this to to share his story. And it comes from Acts 4.33. says, and with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord. I'll give you the same task. Don't waste your story. You need to share your story. I know there are those of you who have hurts and anxieties and pain and, and things that have happened to you that are just horrible. I know some of your stories that I wish those things never would have happened to you either. And you wish you could go back in time and change some of those things. But let me just encourage you this way. You don't get to write every sentence of your story. But you do get to decide when it's published. Are you tracking with me? There are times when you get to share your story and encourage people and help people. There are people just in this room that need some encouragement. They're going through some of the same things that you went through, things you wish you never would have gone through, but they need some encouragement as well. People in your community right now struggling. They're hurting. If you'll be there to help them, navigate those waters that you went through. Man, you could change the world. You could change your community. You could change this place. I mean, there's just, it could start a movement. Your moment could start a movement. God says that he will work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You could be the change agent in somebody else's Life. In fact, I just read a verse the other day that I thought was applicable today. It's not in your notes. It's not going to be on screen because I just read it uh, Saturday, actually. But Psalm 39, 4 says, Lord, help me to realize how brief my time on earth will be. Help me to know that I am here for but a moment more. In other words, don't waste your moments. Let them start a movement now. This morning, we're going to talk about another moment, a moment that we will all at one point or another face. So if you brought a Bible, I hope you did, go ahead and grab it. Turn to the book of Acts. If you're new to the whole Bible thing, that's A-C-T-S, not A-X-E. I know that's kind of confusing. English is weird. I get it. Uh, But you want Acts chapter 5. That's the big number 5. While you're getting there, let me kind of set up. Where we're going this way? Since becoming a pastor, I often hear the phrase, "Well, I'd never go to church. Church is just a bunch of hypocrites, full of hypocrites. So I'll never, I'll never go." Pastor, I say, I, I say "Listen, believe, I know I'm a pastor. You're absolutely right. It's full of hypocrites. We're hypocrites everywhere. Why don't you come join us? Be a hypocrite with us? Because listen, we're all hypocrites on some level, right? I mean, did did you brush your teeth every?" morning, right? Do you, do you eat healthy every single meal? No, you got that cheat meal. I know I, it's my cheat decade. Okay. I'm just putting that out right now. I don't, I, yeah, I don't eat every single, do you wear your seatbelt every time? I wouldn't put that stupid dinging. You know what I'm saying? Ding, ding, I have to put it on. It drives me insane. How many of y'all drove five over to get here? Okay. Yeah. Okay, there you go. See, we're all hypocrites on some level, five over. uh, You know, who cares, right? How many of you all got a new anthem pin? You took that mug home, okay? You're stealing from the church. That's jacked up. Okay, those are free, okay? Take that if you need to say, listen. I know I'm I'm a hypocrite too, right? I mean, just last summer, we got a kind of strict rule in our house. It's it's one ice cream sandwich for the kids, okay? Uh, One per day, that's all. You get well, Dad. Dad decided he wanted a second ice cream sandwich. You know, I'm a grown man, okay. So I went and got myself a second ice cream sandwich. I hid from the kids when I did, but they found me. Okay, they they found me. Son says, "Hey, why why do you get another ice cream sandwich, Dad?" It's like, listen, get, I bought the ice cream sandwiches. That's why I, you get out of here. You should have. You were supposed to find me, okay? That's but we're hypocrites, right? On some level, all of us are hypocritical in. A, our life, but that's my point. The problem for us as Christians, if you're a follower of Jesus, is you'll be presented with that moment where somebody identifies the hypocrisy in your life and how you respond. It matters. Let's check this out. Acts chapter 5. Actually, let's take a couple verses back. Chapter 4, verse 36. This is going to apply to us as well. Thus, Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas which means son of encouragement timeout free sermon how many of you would like that nickname son of encouragement wow this could be your moment to start a movement you start encouraging people man our world could use that that one was free that has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about uh, son of Encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the Apostles' feet. Now we're in chapter 5. But a man named Ananias, with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the Apostles' feet. But Peter said, The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for this much. She said, yeah, for that much. But Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Immediately, she fell down at his feet and breathed her last when young men came in, they found her dead and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. I would think so. That's terrifying, but let's chat a little bit. It seems kind of like a weird story. Pastor, why are you bringing this up? People dying. How does this apply to your life? Is God going to kill you if you lie? No. Okay. How many of y'all have lied before? Just a show of hands. Okay. Yes, if your hand's not up, I'm glad I'm not sitting by you just in case, you know, I was wrong saying God's <laughs> not going to kill you. But uh, in any case, what is the point here today? What is the message? Why are we talking about this story? Here's what I want you to, da- to write down. Who will I be when I see my hypocrisy? Who will I be when I see who my, my hypocrisy? When this hypocrisy in my life that we all have is revealed, who am I going to be? Are you going to be like Peter? Or are you going to be like Ananias and Sapphira? Because remember, Peter, he was a follower of Jesus. He was kind of the head disciple of Jesus. He followed this man around every day for three years. But the moment Jesus is arrested, what's he do? He denies Jesus three times. They say, hey, aren't, aren't you one of them? Wasn't me, right? A, le, a little little teenage girl says no i i saw you you're a disciple of jesus bull butter he said that's a, that's a paraphrase okay he says baloney wasn't me somebody else says no man i i'm sure i saw i saw you with jesus no no i'm not i'm not that guy and then the rooster crows daylight breaks he's revealed his hypocrisy. luke the author of acts records for us in his other book called luke that it, this uh, revelation of Peter's hypocrisy—it quote caused him to weep. He was repentant. It pushed him closer to Jesus. He he knew of that sin and he changed how he was living. Ananias and Sapphira, not so much. They were revealed this hypocrisy. They were caught in a lie. They don't repent. Doesn't force them to weep bitterly. Instead, they ride this thing out to the end. Bitter. And is that you are you one to quickly repent or do you ride the thing out do you say no it wasn't me or you say no it wasn't that big of a deal you know i mean next time i'll i'll you know figure it out i'll get my life back in order i'm good that was a one-time thing so oh next time those people need help i'll help them then this time i, I couldn't do it money's tight this month pastor right i'm not i'm not gonna tithe this month maybe next month i'll skip small group tonight i'm so busy we got everything going on i'll just need to skip tonight i'll catch them up next time any of this sounding familiar oh, i'll read my bible next, you know, tonight this morning i need to sleep in had a, had a late night last night i'll do it tonight now listen so I want you to think about something because you're probably thinking, man, this seems a little bit like an overreaction on God's part to start killing people. But a lie, you know, capital punishment seems drastic. Well, think about this. If Ananias and Sapphira had been all in for God, they would have put all the proceeds of this sale of their land to God. As it was, they simply were looking for applause from the people around them. They saw Joseph, Barnabas, son of encouragement, sell his land. And everybody was like, Barnabas, man, that's incredible. Thank you so much. These proceeds are going to help us. And they wanted that. (laughs) Applause from everybody. Man, you guys are so cool. Thank you so much for the sale of your land. We want to be celebrated. We want to celebrate you. They wanted to be celebrated and you know why it took Sapphira three hours to get there after her husband has died? Aside from the fact that women are always late. Okay, put that off to the side. You want to know? That's a joke. Okay, some of you <laughs> took that a little too serious. But uh, why was she late? She was getting dressed up. She was putting on the makeup. She wanted to look good for her celebration. She needed to make a grand appearance so when people could clap for her and say, Man, look at everything you and your husband did. You guys are so fantastic. This is awesome. How cool are you that you sold your property, you gave your money? See, in the end, this couple's initial sin, it wasn't the lie. It wasn't the scheme. It wasn't the hypocrisy of it all. Their initial sin was pride. Pride is what got them in trouble. Pride is what got Adam and Eve kicked out of the garden. Pride is what got the devil kicked out of heaven. Pride is the root of most people's sin. Nonetheless, if they were all in for God, and if they would have trusted God, they wouldn't have held anything back for themselves. They would have said, man, you gave this field to us. It's all yours anyway. God, you you take it as you wish. But, well, even Peter was like, hey, was this not your field? You could have done anything you wanted with it. Even when you sold it, you didn't have to give that money to us. You could have done whatever you wanted. But that's my point. If they were all in for God, they would have given all their money to God. But if they were all in for the world, they would have kept all the money for themselves. Instead, they were a half in for God and a half in for the world. they were what the Bible calls lukewarm, which, listen to me, God hates lukewarm People, God hates when you ride the fence. When you're half-hearted for Him and half-hearted for the world. Well, hold on, Pastor. I thought God loved everybody. Well, hold on. Revelation three fifteen. I know what you have done. I know that you are neither cold nor hot. How I wish you were either one or the other. But because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. That word "spit" in the Greek could also be translated "vomit." I will vomit you out of my mouth. God says. God says, seeing you half-hearted for me and half-hearted in the world, it literally makes me sick. That's what God says about lukewarm people, half-in for the world, half-in for Him. If you're going to be half-hearted in your attempt for God, He says, I'd rather you not even serve me. Rather you be hot or cold. We're going to talk about this next week in Acts 6 and 7, how you can... Live for God. But before I move on, you need to hear me say that you are as strong right now in God as you choose to be. It's your move. You want to be a better Christian? You get to choose that. And you get to decide how you're going to work that out in your life. But you can either stay a casual believer, which goes nowhere fast, or you can cash your chips in. You can say, God, it's all yours. I'm ready to be a true follower Jesus, I'm ready to be a Peter. When I'm presented with my hypocrisy, I'm going to change my life. I pray that you'll be a repentant Peter. So what can you do? I'm a practical guy, right? I want you to take your next steps every time I'm up here. So how can Monday be different because you were here today? I'll tell you how, because this goes back to Acts chapter. Four, Because it says, now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. Clearly, Ananias and Sapphira were not on that team. They didn't have everything in common. They didn't believe in one heart and one soul, and that all things were each others. They weren't willing to invest in the community around them. So what's that mean for you? It means you have to start investing in the community around you first in your local church body and then in the circles of influence that each one of you have in your life you need to start making a difference you need to let today be the moment that starts a movement in your life let me say it this way nobody falls off the cliff of unbelief you take steps in that direction sure the road you're on might lead to a cliff But there's turnarounds all along the way where you can get back and turn around and head the right direction. Did you know that's what that word repent literally means? It means to change your direction. It means you're heading this way. No, no, no. You need to be heading this way. And there's turnarounds all around for your life. Nobody just trips and falls into an affair. Nobody just trips and falls and Decides they're going to become addicted to drugs. It's decisions here. It's shortcuts there. It's all of a sudden you're headed in one way and you need to turn around and head a different direction. Today could be your turnaround. Today could be the moment for you where it starts a movement in your life. Or you could be an Ananias and Sapphira and look right at me. It ends badly if you decide to stay on that path. To be half-hearted in the world and half-hearted for God. If you're the only one who knows all your secrets, you're in trouble. And listen to me, even if one person knows all your secrets and that happens to, your spout, to be your spouse, it isn't bad for both of you, okay? You can't be the only one, and your spouse can't be the only one who knows all of your secrets. You've got to bring people into your life that can help you navigate these troubled waters, that can shine a light on the dark spaces in your soul. The problem with that is investing in others. It's hard. Being of one heart and one mind, this is difficult. People don't like this, I, I often hear people I've quoted this verse, Proverbs 27:17 is, "Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another." Which, which that's true, but have you seen iron sharpened iron? Have you watched that show on history forged in fire, Iron sharpening iron. It involves a lot of heat, it involves a lot of pounding. It involves a lot of pain and sparks. And nobody wants to call that their friendships. This is what the Bible says. How you change your life, it's, it's like iron sharpening iron. It's people being willing to pound on those dark spots in your soul. To call you out on some things. To bring noise into your life. So again, what do you do? You intentionally get involved in serving your local community, your church specifically, and then you get involved, equally important, in a small group, a group of people that can do life with you. And the beauty of this is our groups are off in May. So you can jump on in June. This busyness that you have right now with graduations and proms and weddings and all these types of things, you get this month off and you can jump in In June and try it out but listen to me you've got to get some people in your life that can help you what's ironic about that about this idea that you need to be serving involved in a small group I don't think that's new to anybody here today I've been pounding that drum since day one differences when you're revealed this hypocrisy in your life that you know you should be doing that and yet you're not who will you be when you see your hypocrisy? You're going to be Peter, you're going to be Ananias and Sapphira. The way you can kind of diagnose this in your heart is, do you procrastinate? Do you procrastinate that decision to get involved? Do you procrastinate other decisions in your life? I'm sure you don't procrastinate on your work ethic. I believe all of you work hard, but you'll procrastinate somewhere. You'll procrastinate in apologizing. You'll procrastinate in offering encouragement. You'll procrastinate getting help from something, troubled marriage, sexual addiction, whatever it is, whatever uh, is happening in your life. Do you procrastinate on getting better in those decisions, decisions? You need to change. This could be your moment that sparks a movement in your life. Now let's Chat a little bit about the death of Ananias and Sapphira because people are always wondering, well, why did God have to kill them over his lie, Pastor? Again, it seems like an overreaction, except the Bible does say there's only one unforgivable sin, just one. In other words, you can't out sin God. Whatever you've done is not too much for God, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record Jesus as saying, Anyone will be forgiven except those who blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And Peter clearly points out to Ananias and Sapphira that they are testing the Spirit. But, so God needed to be consistent with his word, so he killed Ananias and Sapphira for blaspheming the Holy Spirit. But even without God needing to be consistent, here's my take on why Ananias and Sapphira had to die. Okay, so this is Landon, this is not the Bible. You tracking with me? I believe... That Ananias and Sapphira had to die in order to give the apostles credibility. People needed to believe that these were chosen men of God. These brothers are killing fools by talking. Okay? They have a credibility that neither none of us will ever have. In order for us to believe what these men are saying, we need to understand that they know what only God can know, and they speak with God's authority, and that proves the case there. But I think God also did it for another reason. So even besides the consistency of it, even besides the credibility of these men, I think God did it to demonstrate for us His power. Like, if I would have known how big God really is, if I would have known that God was this big, that he could do something like this, when it was time to do something, I would have jumped in head first. I wouldn't have waited. If I knew that this was the size of the God that I was serving, when it was time to tithe, I wouldn't have said, well, what's the minimum amount that I could tithe? I would have said, how much can I give? What's the maximum that I can give? How much free time can I give to this God, this God that's huge? When it was time to do any of these things, I would have given it all away. I would have rearranged my schedule to make God the priority. I would have, I would have changed how I was living. If I knew God was this big, that on a, sp- a spoken word, you know what I'm saying? I, I would have changed a long time ago. I would have brought people into my life to show me where I was weak to show me where I was half-hearted, to show me this hypocrisy. I would have tried to to spread this word way sooner than when I was 30 years old. Deciding that, God, I needed to give you my entire life. I I would have changed years ago. How many of my friends did I miss an opportunity to help because I didn't realize God was this big? To bring people into my life and say, you know what, guys, I... I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better pastor in that order. How can, you, how can you help me with this? Because the God I serve is huge. I don't want to get to heaven and him say, you know, you just did it and it's okay. I want, to say, I want him to say, no, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of my master. I want to wring my life out for a God that's this That's capable of something like that. The reason Ananias Ananias and Sapphira had to die is because God's not fooling around. God takes this seriously. God takes you seriously. You don't need to look any further than the cross of Jesus, the brutality of it all, to know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you, and he just wants you to change your life. See, every movement, it begins with a moment, and today could be your moment. Today could be the day, you know what? You're right, Pastor. I've got some hypocrisy in my life. I see it, and I want to be like Peter. I want to repent. I want to change. I don't want to be like Ananias, Ananias and Sapphira. Today could be the moment you change your story. You get to share that story with the people around you. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to come and gather in this place to hear from your word. God, we're presented right now with the vastness, the hugeness, the bigness of who you are. We're humbled that we even get to approach your throne. God, I just believe that there are people here right now who have never committed their lives to you. Who have never cashed in their chips and said, I'm going to follow you with all of my heart. I believe there are people right now who have made that commitment, but they've been half-hearted in that. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you right now to kind of recommit your life to God or commit your life to Jesus for the very first time. And just repent, as the Bible tells us to. To change your direction. Just in your heart, say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've been heading the wrong direction. But I believe in you and your son that he died for me. And because of that, I can change. Help me serve you wholeheartedly. And when I'm presented my hypocrisy. Help me repent. Take away the pride in my life. Help me change. God, I thank you for that. I thank you for everyone here today. Thank you most of all for this free gift of salvation through your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.